Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Well, we're now about a month into the season, I'd say, and things have kind of been underway. And it's very interesting because we wanted to take a look back and look at, you know, how having the DH in the NL has affected baseball. And now about a month into the season, we can say that offense in baseball is an all-time low. <laughs> right, right. So the pitchers aren't even hitting. And right? it's made almost no difference. But I think I just imagine if they were hitting and how bad it would be. So it's it's not the first time the National League has had the DH. If we it's how fast we we forget yeah. because in 2020 during these uh, the pandemic shortened season, uh, I think National League DHs hit something like 231 or 240, um, which is a lot better than the pitchers, which probably hit a collective 160, you know, in the year right. before that. And, and I think overall, it's it's definitely been better from a viewer perspective because it doesn't feel like, especially in non-leverage situations, there are these at-bats that are ultimately pointless in the, the context of the game. Like, it, for instance, the, the, the Mets have a doubleheader tonight. Would we be better by watching Chris Bassett bat with two outs in the third inning? No, nobody would be, be benefit from that other than the opposing team's pitcher. <laughs> Right, right. And so we're going to talk about some of the worst hitting pitchers of all time. And it's a pretty long list. And what kind of got me thinking of this, I'm I, I, a um, big fan of Al Leiter's and, and, and Al Leiter is one of those guys on the worst hitting pitcher. I think he's like number 10 on one of the lists. Uh, he's, his career average was 0, uh, 0.085 for his career. So he didn't even bat 100 for his career. And and I love Al Leiter, and we hope we get him on the podcast one day. But um, it's just like one of those things we think. Don't want to watch Al Leiter Your hit. career average is 0.85. That basically means about one out of like every 11-ish at-bats you get a hit. So assuming you get two to three at-bats to start, it means he would probably go about four to five starts before between hits, which is wild. He gets basically a hit a month. And that list, which we'll get to, I promise, oh, yeah. you know, has a bunch of guys. I think lighters at a point oh eight five, and maybe they go down to like point. 065, you know, and, and basically a bunch of guys who, who are even worse than lighter, if that's possible, just for their career. Um, but one of the interesting things this year is, um, and, and we have to put a, this is part of it, um, is the, the baseball itself. Right, so we're hearing all kinds of you know uh, news this uh, this spring, and and how the average distance, and if you go back to uh, 2015, uh, the average distance on barreled balls um, was 389 feet, and it went to 387 and 16, 389. So it's it stayed around the same, yeah. but this year it's down to 378. That's a pretty marked difference, 10 feet less 10 feet on the average barrel be, ball. It's going to be a significant difference, and it definitely leads to some things that we're seeing that power is down this year right right and so so what is mlb doing and and one of the things that we've we've read about is that they're putting the balls in humidors which in colorado that's something they did for years because in the mile high city the ball would always fly so far so i think that was the first place where they regularly put balls in a humidor to try to keep them from going into the stratosphere i guess um and and so now teams, all the teams are doing it, and this seems to be uh, a way to level it off if they do it for everybody, but I'm not sure they are. Right. There is the problem that – you just go on the ball tangent for a little bit here. The problem that's happened now is that it's like a twofold problem. One, Major League Baseball owns Rawlings. And they like to play this weird game where they pretend not to know what's going on with Rawlings. Like, oh, well, you don't know what they're doing to the baseball. It's like uh, – you guys own them. You know what they're doing. Right, right. This is your company. You guys own this thing. And and so, right, I, I don't want to get into the idea that the MLB is that 
Machiavellian that they're going to. I think somebody was saying that the Sunday night games. Yeah, the, the Mets hitting coach, the Eric Mets, Chavez. I was the, the Sunday night games, they're using juiced up balls because they want more power. I, boy, I'm, I, I, to unwrap that is crazy right, to right. even think about it. Or you go into Pete Alonzo's comment where he was saying that they change how good the ball is based on what the more dominant free agent class is. If there's a lot of hitters that are going to be free agents, they deaden the ball. If there's a lot of pitchers that are going to be free agents, they liven the ball. I don't think they're doing that just because I don't think the MLB is competent enough to right. do something I like that. I completely agree there. Like, like that, that's just a level – also completely cover it up. I just don't see it. But I could see them for whatever misguided reason trying to like deaden the ball a little bit. Right, right. And and I think you know the, the – we did episode 202 where we talked about how the DH – um, was going to go away eventually and how pitchers shouldn't be hitting anymore. So here we are, as you said, a month, month and a half in the season, and and we've got to be really thankful that pitchers aren't hitting because, you know, watching these games when they're, you know, 2-1 and 3-1, it's, it's, it's not a lot of fun. No, and, and I'm not sure what you do. And I, I don't think that the issue is is that even if you live in the ball, it's not like averages are going to suddenly go up a whole lot. You might see some more home runs, but I don't think you would suddenly see guys go from being 250 hitters to 270 hitters because the ball livens up. That doesn't make sense. But just to give you a, a, a sense of so what happened the first couple of weeks of the year, um, MLB DHs, uh, National League ones, well, just, let's do National League ones because they didn't have it last year. Mm. They were batting 248 with 33 homers and 141 RBIs. Compare that to last year, okay, when MLB pitchers that were hitting in the last hurrah hit 108 with 14 home runs and uh, um, 166 RBIs. That can't be right, right, because it was 141 RBIs. Maybe it was 66 RBIs. The point is they bat 108 versus 241. Right, exactly. Like, ultimately, it was better for baseball to get the pitchers out of hitting with the exception of Otani because they weren't good at it. Right, and, and, and you get all these people that are saying, oh, you know, I, I people tell me, um, I like the old-fashioned baseball, you know, where there was bunting and the pitchers move runners over and you hear the even our own Gary, Keith, and Wrong, you know, they go old guy on us sometimes going, oh, lamenting about what it was like. Well, here's the thing that is, is really important. Number one, Pitchers couldn't bunt anyway. No, they, they were terrible bunters. So the, the idea that in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, the pitcher would be proficient enough at bunting, you know, that, that okay, I guess that made it a little, you know, better, even though they still were only hitting 130 or 140 or something like that. But today, I think it's even harder to bunt. So what's more difficult to bunt, a curveball or a fastball? Curveball. That's correct, because it's slower and you can watch the level on it. So these guys, it's got to be pretty damn hard to bunt a 97-mile-an-hour pitch, by the way. Number one, you're a little afraid. Coming really <laughs> hard. Right? I, I, and I, now guys throw off-speed pitches that are that fast. You got guys throwing cutters and sliders at 97 now, and you got to try and bunt that thing. So this romantic idea of old-fashioned baseball where we're going to move the runners over and we're going to have the pitchers do all these kind of bat things okay, with them. Here's the thing. The thing that doesn't make sense about it is if you go back to that, it's like, what, the nine-hitter in the lineup can't do that right now? The only reason you felt compelled to do that before was because the guy at that was so bad that him intentionally giving himself up for an out was a was a better outcome than you attempting to let him hit. Right, right. So you know, managers might ask their guys to bunt if they actually could, but guys don't really work on bunting at all and and we've kind of come to the idea that bunting is is something like you're giving up an out and you don't want to give up an out unless you really have to unless you really have to and which is why you see less and less bunting because you only bunt now in incredibly important situations where 
you've got a guy on second, no outs. And for you, it's it's a late season game that you absolutely, that one run is going to make the difference. So there you might bunt him to third. Right. Because having him on third with one out is more valuable than letting your guy take a rip. But you know what? It also depends on the guy now, too. Note, if Brandon Nemo leads off the game with a double, no way are they asking Lindor to bunt him In over. In the first inning. In any inning. In any inning. You're right. You're right. So, I, and I got some more stats on the 2020 so uh, the season where you can really see the difference between the DH and, and the pitchers. So the American League DH batted 229 in 2020, an average American League DH. By the way, that's really low. That's weirdly, but you know what? That's because hitters have shifted more. And you got guys like homers, Gallo. Absolutely. The, the homer posi- the homer it's a homer hitter. position. That's where you put the guy in your lineup that might hit 40 home runs over the course of the season, but he's also going to hit 230. But their, their ops was 724, and the NLDH batted 235, even better, with a 731 ops. The average National League pitcher, meanwhile, batted 131 with a 329 ops in, two ni- in 2019. The difference between the two, this is important. I think uh, is equivalent to adding as many as 80 runs per 600 appearances to their team compared with the average player. 80, 80 runs. runs. You don't even have to think about it. So, so look, uh, we went, we went to the DH and we're still complaining that there's not enough offense in the game. And now we get to the point of the season where, um, well, maybe it'll, the weather will warm up and the ball will, you know, start flying out of the yard or more or something like that. Which just sounds like, you know, crock when you think about it oh yes the the three percent temperature difference is suddenly going to lead to a bunch more home runs the air will thin out yeah i, I just, and we're not playing in colorado either so um so there, there but there are some you know besides our our friend um mr lighter who who we put on the list um there there are some fun really bad hitting pitchers to talk about i mean uh, over, we, we over. are on the anniversary of what you know gary cohen called one of the most memorable memorable baseball moments of, of all, all time, time. a little, little was, overstatement gary yeah, maybe yeah, yeah i mean it was a pretty special moment when bartolo cologne took who deep you remember the pitcher i do it was james shields yeah, which just feels bad that that forever you're going to be the known as the guy that let bartolo cologne go deep on you but but you know the reason that it was such a remarkable thing is because bartolo cologne was a terrible hitter right Exactly. Like, like watching Cologne hit that home run was just basically proof that, you know what, you as an out-of-shape 40-year-old, you know what, you were strong enough, you might be able to hit one out off Major League Pitching, too, if you just got one right. So for all that, what does I ring about Madison Bumgarner, right? We, t- we tend to think of Madison Bumgarner because good hitting he pitcher. had a seven-home run season at one point. He had one season where I think he batted 300 as a pitcher, but I think his career average is like 140. Right, he had one good year. Yeah, so so the point is this guy, the best of, of, of the worst you know, uh, hitters on the team is still a bad hitter. And which is, and you know what? There have been guys, the only guy I think that if you really want to talk about the outlier would be Rick Enkeel. Well, yeah, because he went on from being a pitcher. He wasn't a great hitter as a pitcher, if oh, he was a good hitter. But, no, but he was a good hitter. He turned hitter. himself into a really good player. Well, he turned himself into a major league baseball player who didn't pitch. Which was just <laughs> incredibly impressive when you think about it. The number of guys that have ever done something like that, like to pitch in the major leagues, then not be able to pitch anymore because you get the yips and you can't throw the ball in the strike zone. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's a really interesting story. One I really, of the most I really, interesting really baseball like stories of all time. Another guy I'd love yeah. to have on, on, the, on the podcast. So um, I, I got one of these worst uh, – Pitcher candidates. Okay, and he's pitching right now in the major leagues, I believe. I think he's injured because he's always injured. James Paxton. So there are a lot of ways we could go, as, as this is as it's written here. Uh, in uh, This is from The Ringer. So since 1973, 69 pitchers have amassed at least 10 plate appearances without reaching base once. 
which when you think about it is actually kind of surprising it's that low. <laughs> I thought it would have been more. Yes. Like because there have been plenty of major league hitters that have gone 10 plate appearances without reaching base. And those guys get paid to hit. So so they have a career on base percentage of zero zero zero. Now the leader of this pack is Eduardo Rodriguez, still pitching in the major leagues, who has been to the plate 29 times and come up empty in every one. Ooh. That's 0 for his career. And the list doesn't even include Randy Tate, who went 0 for 41 on the 1975 Mets. Uh, but he did manage to reach base exactly one time, finishing his career with a sterling .024 on base percentage. Blistering. But James Paxton, now here we go. James has a hitter. He has 12 career strikeouts, which is notable only because he has 12 career at-bats. Outside of four sacrifice bunts, he's never put the ball into play. Well, you know, I don't know. You know what? Putting sacrifice bunts is a ball in play. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty not good. Fair. The fact that he struck out 12 times, but he's managed to get four successful sacrifices down says something. His BABIP does not exist. The K rate is 100%. <laughs> like, for me, it's more the BAPIP is zero. I don't even know how you do that. Nobody has ever done worse. Nobody could ever do worse. <laughs> Not even me or you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is the absolute worst anybody could ever be. So, um, you know, he, he's bad, but you, know, you, you go into the historical list and there are guys uh, at the top of the list. And I, I only because I, I, I we put it out this week, uh, a guy that I had totally forgot, a guy named Ron Herbel, a relief pitcher um, in, in the had his career uh, uh, on base. I think he had his slash was 0.29, right? 0.65 and 0.39. So that's for his career, and he had 226 plate appearances. So <laughs> I think he had six hits for his entire career. Six for 206. <laughs> I mean, we folks, a negative 70 OPS plus. You National League fans, and, and we're National League fans. You know, we we love National League, old style National League baseball. That's over. It's gone. That hasn't been around for a while. So stop romanticizing what and isn't going to be anymore. We, it's not even romanticizing. We were Stockholm syndroming ourselves. <laughs> we were all being like, this is amazing. I love watching it's this guy that inning, can't it's, hit. It's the eighth inning. It's 2-1. We got a guy on first base. I wonder if they're going to bunt him over. That's the game we played. That was a, oh yeah. So oh man, I, I really can't wait to watch this guy who's got two hits this season get up to bat. Oh, what's that? He struck out on three pitches. Riveting. And the big, and one of the big differences also, if you're going to do that, let's, so let's say you're in the eighth inning and the leadoff guy gets on and you bunt him over. A lot of times at that time, it was the starter, maybe a tiring starting pitcher. Now you've got a, a reliever throwing ninety nine miles an hour coming in there. Right. Hey, try to bunt this thing. You've been on the bench all. You well, the, the, the other thing is, is if you're Forget a pitcher it. at this point, if you're if you come if a guy was coming up this late in the game, it was a leverage situation. You were just pinch hitting for the guy. Right, right, and and so and and even that has changed, right? Because we don't really you know you don't, you don't, you don't need, have to pinch it for the pitcher anymore, right? So there's way less, which is an interesting fallout of switching over to the DH is that pinch hitter usefulness has gone down considerably, but that's only because literally before you had a black hole in your lineup that you had to right. account for right, for no right, reason, right? And 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 so you would pinch it for the eight hitter at times, right? Uh, oftentimes a weak hitting shortstop, you know, then that would be the time, and you'd have to have another guy that could actually feel the ball over there. I don't even really see that being done very much anymore right no i mean we weirdly we did see it this afternoon yep. where the mets pinch hit mark Kana for um for for james mccann, McCann the starting McCann. against a lefty against which a lefty really which weird. weird but you know teams will try stuff like that That went ob on oba on that they were yeah. hoping that canna was going to get a walk find a way to get on base. your backup catcher you could have put him in there so they didn't pinch hit the other catcher for him they pinched a guy they thought would get on base, base. more than right him. so that's but i think i think ultimately looking at you know no it's interesting to me because you look at some of the other names on this worst hitting pitcher list of all time and my name 
my my I'm instantly drawn to to Ben Sheets, mostly just because I know him. Right, right, right. A lot right. of these other guys. And the, the Did you I, remember him being that bad a hitter? Person? No, I don't remember anything. You don't remember pitchers. The only thing you remember right. about pitchers is they happen to be kind of good at hitting. Like, I remember that Madison Bumgarner was a good hitter. I remember that Micah Owings was a good hitter. For like, Mike Hampton was Mike a good Hampton hitter. Mike Hampton was a good hitter. Carlos Zambrano was a good hitter. But, I mean, when we say good hitter, you're leaving off the obvious caveat of, for a pitcher. It's like it likely he runs well for a catcher. Right. It's kind of the same thing. So the only reason I was like, oh yeah, Ben Sheets. The only reason I remember Ben Sheets is because he was the guy that was on that US Olympic team that did really well. And he was like one of those first guys I ever remember that was like not a major leaguer that then became a good right, major right, leaguer right. from like outside so like the, the typical Christian Leitner thing, you know, right. in he basketball. He became like yeah. a really good player from outside the traditional pipeline. So um and, and the guy who started the Met game today here on, on Mother's Day, uh, Max Scherzer, um, he is a, a, a 168 career hitter with one homer and 30 RBIs. Okay, he's not going to bat anymore, obviously. But last year was his final year. He got to hit as, as all the pitchers, and he went 0 for 59. Yeah, like, like, 0 for 59! Who was enjoying that? <laughs> Certainly not Max Scherzer. Certainly not the national fans. The only players or in major whatever league history, teams he was playing for. Uh, the, oh, the, the Dodgers and, and the Nats, as you said. The only players in Major League history to have a worse hitless season are, you guessed it, and this guy's been around. So we posted up everybody. So remember Bob Buell. Like, who? Bob B-U-H-L Buell. It's a real that. baseball name. Right, right. He went over 62 oh. in, in 1962. And Bill Wright, who went over 61 in 1950. So, and Scherzer, you know, do you think Scherzer, they, 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 the article went on to say, I, I was reading this from, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Tim Kirkigian, um he, he wrote about this going, hey, um, I want to let Buck pinch it so I can get off that schneid. You know, I want to try to break my 0 for 59 strings. Uh, no, no. Max said, actually, no, I enjoyed hitting. I got my home run. I got my stolen bases. I got my RBIs. I'm good. Right. He's got <laughs> like, I think for a lot of pitchers, having that one home run means something to them because at the end of the day, you're still a baseball player, and got these pitchers, as much as we're clowning on them, these guys were the best hitters in their teams. Right. Like, on, right. on a little league team, this guy was the, the, the best star. Player. <laughs> right, right. Always. On his high school team. Played he shortstop. Played shortstop. Pitched when he wasn't playing shortstop. They were all Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. <laughs> they were all. And then it was only until we got to the major leagues that that's when suddenly that guy. I'm sure if you put Max Scherzer in it. Now, some of the guys, when you do watch them, you're like, I don't know if that guy was ever a hitter. Because I do remember some pitchers going up there. And you would watch them take their stance in the batter's box. And you're like, has this man ever swung a bat before in his life? Well, uh, and it's, it's funny because you're getting to the point now where uh, aside from little league by the time they you get to high school they if take you, the bat out of the pitcher's hand you don't hit in college unless and you may never have yeah, a, a unless bat. you're it's like one of ninth those, grade unless you're an otani type guy where you're so good that they're going to play you in the field when you're not pitching you're if you're just a pitcher they're not going to bat you because they're not going to spend the time working with you on your hitting if you're not going to bat and, and so we're, we're again we, we remain grateful that the pitchers aren't hitting because even the dhs aren't aren't doing quite as well as uh, we would have thought um, they could do. And um, you remember we talked about the Hall of Fame pitcher Hoyt Wilhelm. Yes. So he was a relief pitcher. He pitched in a thousand games. And one of the things, by the way, as an aside, uh, looking at his career, because he's got some notable hitting exploit, well, or not, lack not thereof, notable, right? Right. 46 4 career war. 
for for Hoyt Wilhelm. He had 220 odd saves, uh, and he pitched for 130 years or something like that. So I'm trying to think what got him in the Hall of Fame. And even though we under we we don't really look at pitcher war the same way, I guess when you pitch in 1,071 games, he pitched in more games than than anybody. I think Jesse Orozco might have finally got that record or got close. Yeah, to I thought Orozco had it at the end. But Hoyt Wilhelm, as a batter, you know, he batted because you batted a lot more in those days, more than Jesse Orozco ever would have. Um, he got a home run in his first career at bat in the major leagues. And then he batted 431 more times, and he never hit another. <laughs> so it never got any I can only imagine what that team was thinking after this pitcher gets up in his first career at bat and hits a home run. And they're like, you would be so confused. <laughs> Because you, be, you would be waiting for this it This is happen. easy. Yeah. You'd be like, is this going to keep happening? And then it just never happens again. So um, Zach Greinke always thought of as a, a good hitting pitcher. And, and and pitchers could have seasons, right, that they might be able to hit. Right. You might have a season where you hit particularly well for whatever reason. But but as you, as you mentioned with Madison Bumgarner, yeah, he had that one season where he hit home runs. He bats 160 for his career, 150 for his career. It really doesn't matter. Um, and, and I think that guys like Zach Greinke also, the same thing, the career average is around 200, which uh, for a pitcher is actually pretty good. But wouldn't you rather watch Nelly Cruz hit than Zach a, 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 it's a, from a fan perspective, like the only thing lingering onto it is what we were kind of saying that whole like idea of playing small baseball, but it, it's counterintuitive because there's nothing stopping teams from playing that way with their current nine hitter. And they're choosing not to because it's better to let a guy that can actually swing, swing the bat. So a lot of that small baseball was literally only born out of like, well, we have a guy that's so bad at the plate. Let's at least have him make a productive out. So, um, yeah, and you're right. So, you know, there's, there's a list of guys that I can name names. You'll hear something like Wilbur Wood batted 084. He was a long-term relief yeah, pitcher. Yeah, we've you, talked about Wilbur Wood Wil, Wilbur Wood. But there's a lot of names I've never even heard of. And all they did was have lousy batting averages. You right, because they were just automatic outs. They would come up and sit back down. I remember watching so, like, the problem was is they were basically a commercial break before the commercial break. <laughs> Your pitcher comes up with two outs. You already get up and you start going to grab some snacks because he's not getting on base. On the Bleacher Report list, Jeff Fasara. I remember watching Jeff Fasaro play. You watched him play, yeah. did you not? He batted 083 for his career. Who cares? Like, like he probably didn't get that many at bats either. Um, a guy named Doug Davis, you know, you know they, they all bat 083, 081. Right. And, and they're not like, going to find pitchers. And there's, it's not like there's the outlier. The outlier is playing right now. His name is Shohei Otani. That's like he's the one. Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because a lot of these lousy hitting pitchers on the all time list of the worst in some by you know twenty of your Ben Sheetses and your Mike Bylickies and all that stuff. Ben Sheets might be one of the best pitchers for being a bad hitter because a lot of these guys they weren't even that good at pitching, either. right? Which is weird because they were like, why did these guys that weren't very good at pitching get all these at bats? Right, right. Tom Gorzolani, a Dick Drago. These were not household names. I remember these guys playing, you know, and when they played Clem LeBine played for the old Dodgers. I never saw the guy play and all that kind of stuff. I remember his name because he has a weird name named Clem. Clem, you yeah. know, but he batted 075 for his career. <laughs> Lighten up the night. Um, some guy named Bill Grief or Grife, you know, batted five years. Why? I mean, that, honestly, that does sound like it would be grief <laughs> if I had to keep watching him hit. A Cy Young Award winner in 1965. He ended up pitching for the Mets later in his career. A guy named Dean Chance. He won the Cy mm-hmm. Young for the Angels. Abetted a snappy 066 in his 10-year Woo. career. For his whole career. So, you know, 
these guys were guys that actually worked on hitting. This is important. These guys practiced hitting. They would go in the bunning cage. They would they had been hitting since little kids and all that kind of stuff. They were still batting those sixty six. Now you got guys like we said before who haven't touched a bat since high school at best. Uh, you go gonna, up there and face you know yo, Shohei Otani yeah, or yeah, whoever. So yeah, it's like oh hey, Mister Reliever. Uh, we didn't count on this inning kind of getting blown open. We didn't think you were gonna have to bat. I know you haven't taken a swing in about six seasons. Can you go up there and hit this reliever throwing? 99 okay great just try not to embarrass yourself right and so i i think there's probably a, a handful of pitchers that might say i'd like a chance to hit still Degrom, <laughs> yeah he would be one of them um but i think he would also say if the game depends on me winning which it does and all that stuff we might be better off as a team having a dh hit for me in general the number of pitchers like because look we're all we're saying is yeah the dh is hitting 231 or whatever right now and that's still better than like 99.9 50 percent better than like <laughs> every other pitcher that's ever been out there so like and we're still not getting enough hitting and scoring right now because of is it a dead in baseball oh. is it a humidor is it umpire strike zones is it major league baseball ball fooling with the way the ball is made uh, all the, of that yeah, everything i think it's not just one thing there's not one element there's not one switch we could flip that would all of a sudden make guys hit better and score more but if, if you have a team with good pitching like and, and the good teams normally are teams with good pitching i would say our mets are one yeah. of those teams could be the dodgers also. so i'm sure the dodgers with all the runs they can score probably would be a team that say let's let the pitchers hit we got enough hitting with the other eight guys and i sure would like that soft out at yeah. the end of the line well, our pitchers would love having a free you know you you basically shorten the game well, that would be a reason to By, do it, wouldn't well, it? Well, think about it. Think about it. You, if you're thinking about it, you're turning a 27-out game. If that nine spot is right, getting right. three at-bats, you're taking a 27-out game and essentially making it a 24-out yep, yep, game. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. And 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 all those you know old-time pitchers that will tell you, yeah, we used to leave a little in the tank, and we've talked about this many times on this yeah. podcast before, going against the eight-hitter, maybe you don't need to throw it 98-99 if you throw that hard. You Maybe you can throw it 94-93 and save, save it for the thing. You can't do that if the pitcher isn't hitting and, and the guy's aren't weak hitters in there exactly if you know now especially against the pitcher it was with the pitcher you could basically just be like get in the strike zone and you probably get an out most of the time exactly and and so i i think it's it's pretty clear that you know even with taking the pitchers out of the game we need a shot in the arm in terms of hitting and and, and the dh in in our opinion um is long overdue in the national league and i this is from a tried and true national league who fought it for years I, I, it will be interesting to see what happens going forward in terms of if offense stays down throughout this entire year and fans and players are complaining about it, what is Major League Baseball's response going to be? Because right now it doesn't seem to be any player or fans inclination to blame pitching just being better than the hitting. No, that doesn't seem to be anybody's takeaway that the pitchers are just too dominant right now. It's kind of a screwed up early season, though. Let's face it. You basically have all your April stats are about 25 to 33 percent off because you didn't play until the seventh or eighth. So you lost, you know, a quarter of the month at least uh, for people. On top of that, there was basically no spring training. training, So the pitchers weren't quite ready. You're seeing a lot of weird injuries now from guys that are, you know, coming out to having to bring it at 98 when they haven't maybe stretched out as much as they normally were. Uh, And but you're still not seeing. I mean, the, the leading home run hitters not you don't see these sort of top off things where there's lots of home runs you know uh, and somebody's got 
nine home runs, I think, Buxton, is the most. Buxton yeah, yeah, most, yeah. And, right and Judge has eight or nine or, or whatnot. Well, you know, for for what was really four weeks of the season, that's pretty good. But it's this, it's it's, it's early we, May, and you think it's not as many yeah, as thinking, it should wow, be. Wow, you're thinking it's May seventh, and there is no guy in baseball that has Double ten figures. home runs. Right, right. I think that's that's it. I think that's it. So we're a little bit jaded because we don't have the stats that we're accustomed to seeing yeah, in terms you, of aggregate, which makes a big difference. Where we offense, and so it's also helping obfuscate. I think some of the problems because what is what is happening because of just we played one less week in the season and what's happening because offense in general is just down. Right, right. And is it just early season blues and when the weather warms up, as baseball people would love to tell you, when the weather balls warms up, the ball's going to start flying. Uh, We've had some pretty lousy weather so far this. this that week. is true. I mean, I think the rainouts on Friday. There were six rainouts on Friday, which was like the most that Major League Baseball has had in like 30-something years. That uh, Ultimately, that would you think would help um, hitters because you're going to end up backing up pitching. You're going to get guys that don't normally pitch, pitch more often. Well, we'll see that tonight. We've got a guy going for the Phillies who I think is making his first career start. He's got a 540 ERA. That screams to me this should be a game where the Mets score a bunch of runs, but I could also see it being a game where the Mets win or lose 3-1. So just a, a few more oddities on, on pitching. Um, you know, so um, as as uh, Tim Kirkajim, you know, said, we'll never have a pitcher hit a home run off his brother again, right? Joe Necro hit a home run off Phil Necro, the Hall of Famer. Um, that must was, have felt pretty good. It was his only home run in 1,165 career. Oh, man. Joe, uh, here's the thing. Joe <laughs> would have lorded that over Phil <laughs> for the rest of his life. Every single time. Because I know that's what I would do. Every single time he'd be like, hey, Phil, I want to hit that home run off you. Every time, without hesitation. He said, hey, by the way, you want it so we go out and, you know, and have, do some batting practice? Because I'm going to take you out of the... I would have that ball framed and up on a stand in my mantle just so that I could look at it. Because you only hit one career home run, but you headed off your brother. And, and how about, you know, remember um, we had this guy perennially on our, on our fantasy team, Joaquin Soria? Uh. Oh, uh, well, we didn't have him as a hitter, which you, literally because he played 773 Major League Baseball games, and he never took it at bat. Living the dream. So he, he And he's still playing, so he can break the all-time record by Buddy Groom of 786 games without an at bat. How could you play in 700 games and never get to the – Well, every single pitcher who's pitching now is going to have that same thing. That, yeah. So last thing, do you think – any manager will insert any pitcher as a pinch hitter in the 2022 season. Yes. You think that'll happen? They'll do it. Some man, I could see Buck doing if Jake comes back and he's really good. I could see in like a laugher game or something one way or the other. It gives Jake in at bat just because Jake wants to hit. Just imagine being the guy that has to throw to the pitcher <laughs> or the, no, that that's being pinch hit for. <laughs> You're the only guy this year that a pitcher pinch hit for. Uh, you must really suck. <laughs> well, we're glad we're glad they're not hitting anymore, and, and let's have some more offense, huh? Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Hoops.